Welcome to Oral Phonic, a podcast about Podfic. Today we're discussing Podfic organization. And I'm Jenna Pod, and I have with me Kitsune Hart. Hi guys. Hey. This is a new a new group. I haven't done anything with new hosts, so this is very exciting for me. So we have a couple items of news today. Um, there's a breath of light change that wants to well breathe light into Jack Sandum. Um, they accept topics as a fanwork, which is awesome. The signups run from September 15th to October 15th, and the deadline for notification of dropout is December 15th. If the due February 18th. And the reveals are February 25th. Wow, that's like next year. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, we're so far through the year. Yeah. Yeah. For one entire life, we're uh, giving you a nice long warning on something. We've got all the way to September 15th, a whole month to sign up. Yeah. Yes. For example, some fans qualify for the Gundam Wing, Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball. Kingdom Hearts, Pop Chapter Sakurov, Team Titan, Revolutionary Girl Latina, Fake Players, Rumma, One and a Half. I'm not quite sure. Um, these are all manga and anime. It doesn't say anything about that it's only about manga and anime, but you can ask whether you can qualify, I think. Yeah, I think this is quite a cool idea, actually. Yeah, I'm, I'm, part of me is really surprised that Kingdom Hearts is on that, but I guess, like, to be fair, wasn't the last game, like, 15 years ago or something? The last major game? One of those things where you don't realize how long it's been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and let's see, we've got two other fests that are saying they um, allow Podfic as well. One is the Check, Please Big Bang, which it looks like um, sign-ups are open until September 15th. And they're taking Podfic, if you're a Check Please fan. And then there is a Nick Grimshaw Appreciation Fest. Now, this says, accepting all works, including Podfic. I'm just looking at it. It says signups were 30th of June. So, actually, I think we've missed that one. But if you are a Grimmy fan and you're looking for Podfic, hopefully some people signed up. They're going to start posting in October. So, maybe be on the, the lookout for that. Um, and... So what is Nick Grimshaw from? Nick Grimshaw is a Radio 1 breakfast host um, over here in the UK. He is also friends with Harry Styles, so he's kind of 1D fandom adjacent. There's a lot of, there's Nick Harry Fick, there's Nick Louis Fick. You know, he's, he's, um, he's kind of an extension from that fandom, I would say. But he's also, he's, you know, a media figure over here, so. All right. But yeah. Okay, and a reminder for Dropbox users, especially those who host their Podfix on Dropbox, um, if you were using the public folder to host your Podfix on, uh, and you are a paid user, on September 1st, the public folder is going to turn into just a regular folder. Uh, you'll still be able to host your Podfix on Dropbox. However, you do need to go in and get a specific link from each file. 
So if you've just been using the links provided when uh, the public folder was uh, the, the public folder, then those are probably going to stop working. And also, uh, you will no longer be able to host HTML, including images on Dropbox. So uh, you will need to find a different way to host your cover art. Um, I do know that at present that Google Drive still hosts images, but there is a bit of a workaround you have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who were using just the free Dropbox, you, uh, you probably noticed that this all stopped working in March. So it's just the paid users that have to watch out for September 1st. Now, this is really interesting. I wonder how many people are hosting Podvik on Dropbox. Like, I don't think I know anybody personally, but it does seem like there must be people using it because it's a personal account you already have, right? Yeah, so I'll probably be talking about this during our main section, but uh, I went through... I went through and got a lot of Podfix on the archive of our own, and there's a, I'd say maybe like one in eight people use Dropbox, okay, uh, which is wow. a significant number. Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely that's going to be a change if all those people have to go and yeah, even if it's just relinking. If you have a lot of Podfix, that's a pain. But but again, this is only going to impact those who are paid users, paid users using yeah. the public folder that was previously provided, most people are, it's going to be just fine because it's, it's changed so much that they probably already noticed. So chances are people are probably already using the private folders and a a direct link. They've probably Mm -hmm. already gone there. Yeah. Yeah, Fair enough. Hmm. Okay. But, Uh, but images, images are screwed. Yeah. And between that and photo bucket, we're um, losing places. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it is somewhat surprising to me that image hosting itself is the it seems to be hit so hard lately. Um, it, but I suppose, like in the end, that is what ends up being seen most often on web pages, or what ends up being downloaded most often, because it's just automatically downloaded. Unless you were willing to pay, it, finding these free yeah. services was great. Um, and we know of something popping up to replace it? Uh, there, I've not seen anything about Dropbox image hosting or any... I'm sure that there are plenty of websites you could find that would do image hosting. It's all a question mm-hmm. of their staying power. Yeah. Yeah, and isn't SoundCloud kind of having some iffy problem? Like some uh, scariness going on too? Yeah, I think you might be right. There's been rumblings. My understanding with SoundCloud is that it's not a copyright issue. It's a funding issue, and they oh, are okay. running out of their capital, is my understanding. Right. So uh, so I would say uh, if you use SoundCloud to host your podfic, definitely look into that and maybe uh, make some backups on your own personal uh, servers. Okay, so, so Dropbox... And also Photobucket and SoundCloud. SoundCloud, beware, I guess. Yeah. Um, talkbacks. Yeah. We have a few talkbacks. The first one is from uh, KLB, who has who tweeted at our account, and this is in response to um, Podica discussion. The discussion last episode, I believe it was, about Pod Together. Um, and I guess Potika was saying 
that she felt really shy about contacting authors, cold contacting people, and that she felt like it was great to work with Kelby because she didn't have that problem. Um, and I guess Kelby's just clearing that up. So here's here's what Kelby had to say on Twitter. This is basically one broken talk back for a claim in oral comics. That cold contacting people when needed is a big deal to me. An honest misunderstanding. But, you know, it's just worth that this, it's just worth the discomfort to stop the larger constant discomfort of knowing or having participants who need a match and nobody can match them with. So it's kind of like bravery through low level constant spice. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. I, I can feel that. Yeah. I think it's going to highly depend on what your general uh social anxiety is anyway that uh you know if 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 you have a problem with that in general it might be really hard to message somebody. Uh but if you're if it's not so much a problem you're probably just going to send off the message and mostly forget about it until it comes back. Um I definitely have noticed that since I've uh, restarted my meds, uh, it's become a lot easier to contact people on the internet out of nowhere. So, yeah, I mean, cold contact—it's—it's it's, its own weird situation where you have to kind of explain yourself up front. And obviously, I guess when they do pod together, they're doing a challenge, so they do have a background to say this is what we're doing, and here's the links and everything. But you're still writing a stranger, so. It's never yeah. totally fun. I, you know, I spend a lot of time in my day job just cold calling people to talk to mm. them about their issues or problems. So, and, and yet, like, you could, I could call people a million times a day and I still have a moment where I have to be like, okay, right before you call where you're like, okay, I know their name. I know what I'm saying. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. It's I, just yeah. the hesitancy there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but I would say I think the large, large majority of people in fandom are very friendly. And even if they're not open to something, they'll they'll give you a polite uh, no, thank yeah. you. I'd rather not rather than just s- snapping at you. It's we're we're friendly people and we realize that we are people yeah. for the most part. <laughs> uh, no one's going to say 100 percent fandom, but it's, you know, yeah. you hope. In general, we're friendly. And this is an interesting thing because she's talking about contacting, I think, mostly authors, you know, like because they they have a very complex matching process for Pod Together. It was, you know, it was talked about in, in pretty big detail there. But I know that that's one of the things that that mod team really prides themselves on is that they, they do a, a good job matching people and really making sure people have a great experience. And I know KLB feels strongly about that. So I think this is part of it is it's maybe something she doesn't like to do, but it's, you know, as she says, it's worth it. If it, if it means the person comes out of the challenge, having a better partner and a, and a better experience, which is great. I mean, that's a really nice thing. Um, the second one, this is a comment from love the heaven. Yeah. I think it's, yeah, I think it's basically, um, an answer. Oh, uh, Okay, so I think the first bit she says, um, my talk back was a bit of a mess in a few ways, but I basically agree with everything said in the episode in response. 
The nuance I intended when I first thought to bring up big clip theft would be like reposting the text of a story somewhere, claiming you were the author, rather than reposting the story in a different form, i.e. audio, on in an audio hosting location. I agree when it comes to the audio, the podfig, there's an assumed credit to the author. No one is thinking the words are the podfigger's own. Just like when you vid, everyone assumes the camera work and music is not the vidder's own, and that isn't theft in most cases. So actually, I remember this conversation you guys were were talking about. It was her first example because she was just yeah. came out of vid fandom, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and that makes sense to me. Her her clarification there. Yeah, absolutely. obviously, taking text story and posting it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Michael, yeah. No. Don't do that. Mhm. Yeah. Um. And definitely, you know, with the uh, assumed credit to the author, I. It is very rare for me to come across a podfic that does not begin, you know, with title, yeah. uh, written yeah. by so on, read by so on. Like it, it, it's the pattern that we almost all of us use, and when I. Don't hear that. I'm just like, wait, what's going on? Uh, Yeah, I think we may disagree on some things as far as the, you know, usually it's it's non responses and things like that where we get a little bit of of a gray area. But I think as far as that, like just opening and we we have different opinions, too, which is the next talk back about what the opening and closing should be. But you so rarely see anybody who doesn't start out. This is the name of the story. Here's who wrote it. Here's who's reading it. Like that's the kind of baseline most of us work from. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and as I said, so I I've heard what I don't think I've ever heard one when I don't mention. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because that just seems like the most basic of things. I think. You know. I mean, it, at the end of the day, no one's saying that we're not using someone's story. You know, that we're not benefiting from this story that we're we're reading because we in general you choose stories that you love right and it's it's actually i mean i think podfic is a great act of love because you're you're picking something that you admire or enjoy or like and you want to spend time with right Mm -hmm. and so why would you not want to give credit to the person who created it Mm -hmm. you know of course you do yeah yeah and 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 it's also, it can definitely be also a draw for the listener. Like, mm-hmm. maybe I necessarily haven't heard of this podficker before, but I know this fanfic writer, so it's like, okay, yeah, yeah I'll give this a try. Yeah, I think people follow for all kinds of reasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, you follow podfickers and you follow fandoms, but I definitely follow authors. And if I know various people have podficked an author I like, I would always try their podfic, even if I haven't listened to them before. So, for sure. I mean, I've also discovered uh, authors because I follow a podcast mm-hmm. yes. and say, well, True. The story and I was talking about this is amazing, and then I <laughs> check out all of the stories the writer wrote. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the second two bits of her, she's uh, she does mention also non-responses. She says, I'm I'm still confused and afraid to pot-pick things even when I really want to. I treat all of these no responses as implicit no's for now. Which, you know, fair enough. I think that's the, the safe way to mm-hmm. to um, sway towards. But, you know, I, well, I was in that, that episode about, about um, pot-pick permission, but I definitely 
I definitely do believe that to a certain degree, we all can kind of decide for ourselves and it's the, the kind of risk you want to take if the author does resurface and ask you to take it down or things like that. Um, but there's a distance for a lot of fandoms of, you know, years where you, you might be able to make a command decision that this person has definitely disappeared from the scene, mm-hmm. but it's up to you. You're the one putting your voice behind it, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much the thing. We got um, two uh, talkbacks from Mutaku, um, who apparently listens to all of the backlog <laughs> for the which is awesome. Amazing, yeah. And there was um, a talkback to the episode about music and sound effects. And one of the, like, gold star examples for me of pod figures who do this and who do it really well is Lunchy. I have this uh, story in mind. It's called Pairing Pendragon Merlin, uh, which is a BBC Merlin fanfic that has Arthur as a fanfic writer and Merlin as his beta, and they write fanfiction for um, this Camelot show with um, all the famous people. <laughs> I think it was called Camelot. Anyway, they're fans of the show and. Uh, they meet through Life Journal, um, back when Life Journal was more widely used as a fandom place. And so Lunchy adds a lot of sound effects for like when they talk in Google Chat or when they talk in the uh, Google Documents or um, just commenting on Life Journal and how um, an author writes an entry to his life journal, there's a specific sound effect that will tell the listener that this is an entry from author's journal and so on. And that's just, um, I have these sound effects, like even as I'm just talking about it now, I can hear the sound effects in my mind, which is probably due to me having listened to this story a lot of times. Melon typed into the box and then deleted and then again. And then again, it was like a list. Things not to write to someone you've only talked to twice. And when I say talked, I mean a brief online comment of about 200 words. Your comment made me happy in my pants. Did you want to maybe talk about collaborating on something? If I was a girl, which I'm not, are you gay? I hope you are. Then I would seriously like to have your baby. Did you want to friend me? I'm friended to you. You can see all my private entries. All of them. Just saying. I notice you live in London. I also live in London. Want to get a drink? Melon thought about just mashing the keypad for a little while, and then he decided to go the route of cool, calm, and collected. Hi, Pendragon. Thanks for the comment. You really made my day. Cheers, M. XXX. This is a really good example of how well Lunchy does sound effects. And this has basically inspired me to add sound effects too when I part fix. Lunchy is really, really awesome at doing sound effects. Nice. Thanks for that recommendation, Momo. We'll add it to the pin board so the rest of you guys can check it out. Basically just me reminding you of something that you sort of agreed to do or said you might do in the future, 
which is um, a Merlin fandom episode. If Merlin is ever on the agenda, let me know if you want a guest on the episode because I can talk about Merlin podfig and Merlin fanfic and Merlin fandom for a while if you let me. We have that on our list. Just depends. We've lost our our host who really liked Merlin, Mm -hmm. but we may have other people who are fans. I don't know. There you go. There's one. I mean, I, you know, I'm just about as bad about Merlin as I am about Teen Wolf. Like I have read plenty of fic, but I've barely seen the show. So I can talk about it just from a non-canon perspective. Okay. I mean, I watched the first two episodes of the second, but okay. through fandom osmosis and fan fiction and topics, I do know more about it. And okay. It wasn't about the plot, but it's probably different anyway. Yeah, I don't think it matters. And I, I mean, I think Merlin, particularly if you're reading AUs, because the Merlin characters are characters who are already in fiction, you know, who you already know about. They're vaguely historical. You know, like there's there's a background there already. You don't need this particular iteration of Merlin to really be aware. So, but anyway, yeah, so it's on the list. We'll see. So to sum up, warnings, tags, summary, pairing, rating if a pot figure puts it at the beginning of the story i'm all for it i encourage it i do some of it myself and i think that you know it all adds to accessibility yeah i agree that's all that's basically what i have to say for that the more people want to stick on their recording the more i don't mind i like it i like more information you can always front boards yeah i think I, I I don't mind it. I don't need it, but I do mind it. And yeah. I'm it myself. What's most stopping me right, right now is that I have this feeling that I have to change all of my posted topics, which don't have that. Oh, I see. Yeah. You want everything well, to be, yeah, be the I same. Mean, yeah, I want everything to be the same. Also, kind of like um, if someone download um, all a newer project for me which, which has these warnings and then kind of think, oh yeah, they're warned. And then they get the older one, uh, which don't have that. It was like, okay. Yeah, okay. I want to take this opportunity to one, say thank you for this podcast. It is brightening my work days, you have no idea. And two, I posted this question in the Podfig Tips Life Journal community the other day, so maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't. Um, and it reminds me a little bit of the episode you did on Podfig and money. Here's a question. Podfig commissions. Like, not just for fandom auctions where people can buy Podficker, just straight up doing commissions of, Podfix, buying a Podfigger's time to record a story that I want recorded. Do you think it should be a thing? Do you know Podfiggers who do it? Episode number eight, Podfig and Money. Oh, it's actually Dodie and I. 
And I think we came down firmly on the side of no money for Podfink. So that might say where at least the two of us stand as far as commissions go. But um, I don't know about the rest of the team. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a tricky I mean, subject. I, I wouldn't do it for that. I mean, it's a writer writes a personal story. Yeah. I, for story. Oh, yeah, that's a totally oh, different thing. Yeah. No totally that, different thing. Original story. Yeah, and I, I talked about this a bit with the My Little Pony episode, that among uh, pony readers, um, there are a good maybe half dozen that have pretty successful Patreon accounts. Olaf Scribbler is the most successful, I believe. And so she gets $456 per adaptation, yeah, and then there's uh, the lost narrator who gets 602 per audio adaptation. Um, wow. Yeah, that pony episode was fascinating. Yeah, it's like a to- it's like a whole different world. And I know, I mean, I have friends who do YouTube. Like, I know, I know, like the monetary issues in YouTube are, you know, it's a different world. But this is weird because it's a crossing of the streams as far as like a fandom oriented thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that where we came down on the money issue. Personally, when we were talking about it before, was just that fandom, it's still a transformative work, these things that we're doing. And so if you trace it back, you're still making money on something that's coming from characters that are licensed. You know, like you start to lose your your legal footing once you start taking money for it. Yeah. I think it's difficult. I think, I mean, some of it depends how old you are, how long you've been a fandom, things like that. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, like, if you if you've been around for a while, you do have these like ingrained, no money, no money thoughts. And it's really hard. Even if somebody presents you with a perfectly legitimate argument for why something's okay, it's really hard to dislodge that. You know, I separate it so much in my mind from like things that earn money. Routinely getting this ridiculous amount of money together to record these things. It's, it's, it's a completely different culture that they've developed. Yeah. Because I mean, regular pod, I say regular, I don't want to, be that judgy but you know like the the podfic culture that i am used to these things happen for free and we all kind of trade them out you know we're Mm -hmm. all putting stuff out there the same with fic or whatever you're producing it's all just everyone's creating and there's not really this idea that you need to put money forward and if money is being put forward it's usually for a charitable situation Mm -hmm. which is a whole different thing really so it's not it's not expected or needed to be paying for something because we're all creating this stuff already without asking for that as a, you know, yeah, for any money to pass hands. So real quickly, as regards to the Patreon, it's, it's, it's not like one person is paying $602 every oh, month. It's, it's $1 or whatever. Yeah. From, yeah. So like, you know, if you were thinking about, okay, of the readers that you like, who, who would you be willing to just like throw a dollar every month? Also, when, you know, I mentioned the legal aspect of it earlier, Patreon is different because you're not paying for this. Well, maybe in that case, that's a little bit weird because it's said per work. But in general, a lot of Patreons are just like, give me this much per month. You know, you can sign up for a dollar per month or whatever, and you will get bonuses like bonus videos or Mm -hmm. bonus talking or live streams or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's not, you know, if it was in the case of Podfic, it probably wouldn't be so much like you're paying a dollar for Podfic. It'd be like I'm paying a dollar to support this person. So there's mm-hmm. it's a bit more nebulous as far as where that money is going and what it's paying for, quote unquote, which probably is in the favor. But it's just culturally within our our fandom sphere, it's not it's not there yet. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it will be as younger people come up. I don't know. 
I mean, I'm definitely on Tumblr seeing quite a lot of fan artists who are now setting up their mm-hmm. Patreons. Yeah. And there's a stronger uh, history of, of monetary connections in, in fan art, actually, than there is in fanfic or podfic. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense to me that they would be first. Yeah. Not a lot, but I've seen some. They're mostly coming from Tumblr, I think. Some yeah. of them post to AO3 and some of them mention a Patreon there, which I assume is just what I didn't get. I think this might be the new wave. Like, I think we, you know, maybe, maybe we're going to be considered really old fashioned about this. And or I say we, I mean, me, whoever going to be old fashioned about it in a while. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, if you've got an era where people are starting to make a living on things that were, you know, had gatekeepers before and are now they're able to come through and, and make videos or, or audio or whatever they're, they're creating and actually make a living out of it. And so if you are a, pod figure or if you're a fanfic writer or whatever you may be looking at people making youtube videos and think well why is whatever i'm creating not you know not worth worth this um support as well and why shouldn't i you know all this time i'm pouring into it be rewarded so that it's kind of interesting i i have a block about it but i can see where it's coming from okay well um thanks guys for sending talkbacks um i'm I remain excited that people still respond and have really interesting things to say because it's, it's nice to know. Um, even all you guys who are listening to old episodes, like definitely send in stuff because it, we're just, I feel like we always are reminded of stuff we've said in the past. And especially now that we have new hosts with maybe different opinions and things like that, it's, it's great to revisit stuff. So, um, our main topic is organization of Podvik. Um, which is, I think, near and dear to a lot of Podficker hearts. Everyone wanted to do this topic after mm-hmm. we said we were going to do it. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> jealous that we got it. Uh, we were going to talk, first of all, about how we we plan and structure our own Podfic work. So one of you guys want to say what your kind of base ideas are there? I have a strong and effective method I call TMP, Procrastination and Wow, okay. Yeah, so organizations are mostly like, yeah, I'll do it now tomorrow. Yeah, I'll do it tomorrow. <laughs> oh, it's due tomorrow. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, it works. It's like yeah. school. Most of the time. To be fair, I do a lot of that, too. It's just it looks organized as I'm going along, and then the stuff doesn't happen till the end, so. And if it's for a challenge or if it's for the stage, a slight yeah, I mean, there are some things like pod together or something where you where you do have to kind of hit the targets as you go along, you know. But yeah, a lot of things you don't need anything until you turn in the final product. So yeah, yeah, uh, that's that's sort of what I tend to do every year for uh, um, the awesome ladies podfic anthology because it uh, seems to yeah. go by so fast for me. Even though mm-hmm. I'm like preparing for it mentally, like, hey, I, oh, this would be a good pod fake. Maybe I should get permission. And then all of a sudden it comes up and you're just like, oh no. Oh, that's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a reason why I like basically only pod fake things with like information. And it is not because I'm afraid to contact mm-hmm. people, it's because I do everything at the last minute. Yeah. I need to be able to record and edit within like a day. 
Otherwise, it's unlikely to happen. I always feel, I, as per usual, I'm not producing hardly anything, so I feel a bit guilty being like, my pod fix process is this. But I did at one point in time have a process that involved, you know, like I have an Excel spreadsheet that had like everything I'm working on and had little tick boxes, which is my my favorite thing where like, you know, when I got, when I, if I got permission, whether they had blanket permission, when, you know, if I had recorded the final, the full thing, whether I had done my first pass of edits, which is like the visual edit, whether I had done my second pass, which is like listening to stuff, whether I had done a full listen, blah, blah, etc. You know, whether I had posted it, whether I had cover art, you know, lots of tick boxes. Generally, those tick boxes happen within like 48 hours, but they're still there. And I don't really record that often. I've, I've, I've had grand plans to record often. So yeah. I, I do have like a folder that's actually like on my bookmarks bar, like right at the top that says to record. And it's <laughs> yeah, got same. like uh, a good like 10 pod fix in there that like, yeah, I have asked and I have permission to record this. And then things happened. Mm-hmm. Um. And I know, like, for this year, I said, oh, for the Podfic Big Bang, I'm going to finish this fan fiction I've been working on, and I'm going to record it in time. And then, like, <laughs> then I got pregnant, and then I got tired, and now it's kind of like, I'm not going to do either, either of those things, apparently. So, like, yeah, I still have these plans, but uh, I'm only finally getting to the stage where I don't have to take, like, a four-hour nap every day. So... Mm-hmm. Now I'm catching up to life and looking at these things again. Like, yeah, I still want to do these. Um, and most of them I choose to do very small things because big projects are very intimidating to me. So it's something that I can knock out in two hours. Just yeah. sit down, record it, edit it, make a cover, post it, and be done with it. Um, I've only once done a big project for uh, a previous Podfic Big Bang. And... Um, it was, again, one of those situations where I sat down and I realized, oh, this is due in like a month. And it's like a 65 hour project, probably. Oh, yeah, I feel like short things are very easy to just like do quickly. And it's it feels nice. But I sit pretty often in the kind of one or two hour zone, which feels like, you know, something that you can you can you can do and sit down and record in one sitting if it's like an hour, and a, hour and a half, you know. Um, and then the editing is, is bad, but it's not horrific, but I'm just looking, I'm like looking at my thing and I'm like, Oh, I have a couple that are like five or six hours. I have a couple that are like two or three hours. And then I have quite a few one hour ones, but they're all old. Like the, the immediate gratification of being done with it is very nice. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and beyond that, I do have for organizing just like my general fandom type stuff. I do (laughs) have like. I have a spreadsheet I keep that keeps a lot of data of just like books reading and audiobooks and things like mm-hmm. that. Um, and I even have like a page of like, Hey, these are, uh, these are some TV shows that I'm planning to watch. This is how many mm-hmm. episodes are left of them. What can I knock out real quickly? And I, I probably yeah. spend more time organizing that than I do actually enjoying things. This is, I mean, I think this is one of the things we do nowadays, right? Like I have, you know, between Goodreads and then um, I use an app called TV Time, which is basically Goodreads, but for TV, Mm -hmm. you can, you know, click off episodes or whatever. And I also am a really big fan of um, Wonderlist, which is, I think, just 
one of the many to-do list apps, but I have it, you know, it's an app form and I can, I like it because I can get to it on my work computer, you know, cause they have an online interface as well. And so if I think of something during the day that I need to do, but you know, you can like, I have all these different lists and I have lists for fandom or for work stuff or for real life or, you know, whatever it may be. I have a, a million different, like, and they're all in little, they're all categories and whatever. And that includes stuff like, you know, I, whatever, if I am doing challenges or whatever I'm doing or all phonic stuff or, you know, I, I pretty much throw everything up there. And I mean, at least it's all in one place, I guess. Yeah. I blame this a little bit on the fact that like, I'm, I, I have my degree. I'm professionally trained as a librarian. So like, Uh. I want to organize all this information about other things that are themselves are in for information. So, you know, metadata, um, and it's just, oh, hey, I learned how to do that in, in class. So how about I, like, make a database and do all this stuff? The metadata thing, which I, which I want to talk to in two different ways. The first being how you treat your own podfic for metadata. And the second being if you mess with other people's metadata when you're downloading things. Because one of the things that I would like to do, which wouldn't even be that hard. It's not like I have that much podfic up but is go back up and streamline everything that I've posted. Like, because I start at some point I started using a skin at some point I changed the way I did metadata. Like I changed the, because of the, I think it was probably when I changed from my iPod to my iPhone, like the way it displays what it tells you about the podfic is different. And so the places that I had put metadata weren't as useful to me because they weren't showing up on the phone the same way they showed up on my iPod. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was obviously quite a long time ago, but it means that things that my things aren't all streamlined and that really annoys me, mm-hmm. you know, but it's yeah. like you, it's like flurry talking about re-recording intros and things like that. Um, it's, it's a lot of work, even if it's only a few things, it's just, it's not your priority when you're like, Oh, or I could make something new, which I haven't done in a million years, you know, like it's, it's hard yeah. to, to make your, even though, you feel like, oh, that annoys me that it's that way. It's it's still hard to make it something that you sit down and concentrate and work on because it's still going to take some time. You know, yeah. and that kind yeah. of stuff always takes more time than you think it will, you know. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, this is kind of a show of how I have spent too much time on stuff. I actually, <laughs> I have gone through all of my podfic, and they all have uh, metadata set up the way I want it. So, like, I will yeah. freely change the metadata of something I have downloaded. And and the scheme that I yeah. use on things that I store is the same scheme that I use on my own recordings. Um, and so I'll have, like, the title, which is just the title. Like, I notice a lot of recorders will have, like, the title in quotations and then the author or the mm-hmm. recorder after mm-hmm. that. I'm like, no, I don't want that. And want those in different blocks. Yeah, so, and then Personally. the, yeah, then the artist is, uh, who wrote it. The album artist is who recorded it. Uh, the album is the fandom. And, like, and if it's part of a series, I have a note on that as well. And so, like, if I decide, hey, I just want to listen to something that was recorded by, uh, uh, Rena Jenkins, and I'm only interested in, like, uh, Sherlock today. And then I can just actually go through and I use a program called MP3 tag. So then I can just go through and get rid of everything else, figure out what those are loaded up to my phone and I'm good to go. Or I could do some, 
as I've done a few times, it's I just want to listen to the shortest things or the longest things, and I can organize it by length or size because length doesn't work so well for me on MP3 tag for the same reason. Um, and then I can just uh, have it go through everything and uh, using, um, I don't remember what the term for it, regular expressions or something. Um, I can just say, okay, for each of these, as it goes up in numbers, like this is podfic 001, this is 002, 003, and then I can just re- listen okay. through those. So, like, I spend way too much time doing this, but I enjoy it. So, like, no, whatever. I, I mean, I would, I would agree. Like, this is something I feel pretty strongly about because th- the problem with when you when you have a lot of stuff, you download indiscriminately often, you know, and sometimes, oh, yeah. you know, also like you download stuff that you don't end up liking as much or you're not going to listen to again. And so it's hard to keep track of what you're deleting and, you know, make it like that's one of my big things is like not holding on to things that I'm not interested in after the first listen or that I'm and it's really hard to clear out like that. Um, and to keep track of, of what you did enjoy when you listen to it somewhere else and on your phone or whatever. And you're trying to make, I'm trying, I'm always like throwing random notes in my notepad or whatever, because you can't comment to yourself on the podfic itself while you're listening. You know, there's mm-hmm. no, there's no way to, to do those things. So you're, you're reliant on yourself to come back to your computer to look at whatever podfic to make whatever notes, you know, it's, it's, it's disjointed at best, I think. But also, what shows up on your phone while you're choosing what you want to listen mm-hmm. to is very important because it tells you, you know, you don't have every, like you might know you like the reader, you like the author, but you don't have the title of every fic ever memorized. You don't have, you know, what, what pairing it is, or even beyond that, just like what mood it is. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to know it's 10 hours long versus one, but it's another thing to know whether it's just, I mean, in my case, it's usually a fluffy story to be fair, but you know, like whether it's kind of angsty that gets fluffy or, you know, fluff all the way through or, you know, things like that. And that does matter about what you feel like listening to in the moment. Fleur, do you change metadata on stuff you download? Um, okay. I'm not consistent about it because mostly I do, um, a download spree and then I put stuff on my phone and then I see that, okay, this doesn't work there. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's more like, okay, is that a series or um, a chapter story that's posted in several um, files because they're too big and they don't show up in the right order? Yeah. For some reason, that annoys me. And that's a big reason to rename, I think. And that's definitely something I rename or, some, or when I can I'll actually see, okay, this is by because for some reason it doesn't show up on my phone because maybe um, the pod figure is in a field, in a metaphysic field that doesn't show on my phone. Mm-hmm. So then at that time, I do change, but I'm not consistent about it. Sometimes I look at all of my downloaded podcasts and think, you should. And yeah. And my flat and think, no, you shouldn't. Yeah, Yeah. this is just something that I would do when watching television, especially if it's like a show that like I don't really need to focus on, like, you know, Supernatural or Teen Wolf, like, to be fair, like, you don't always actually have to be looking at the TV for those shows. Sure, yeah. Um, And so I'll just be doing this kind of like idly watching um, and just like 
it's it has taken a long time, but I actually just uh, very recently I'm pretty much uh, caught up to every fandom that I care about. That's kind of like what what you're downloading, what you're doing mm-hmm. with it. Um, well, I mean, uh, has either has either of you guys modded anything? Any any organizational modding tips? I was uh, bought on Fort Together Lightning. Oh, of course, yeah. Way more organized there, but uh, my moderation partner is also a librarian, so that helps. <laughs> Basically, she set up all these spreadsheets, and I have only used them. It's not like I don't enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but with uh, modding a challenge like that, I think that um, especially if you have several moderators, mm-hmm. and that having something online on Google Docs something like that is very helpful and obviously yes do put it out be consistent about that because then everyone can just look into it uh, worth actually worth talking about how we organize oralphonic you know <laughs> what little organization there is guys we're working on it but i mean we use google docs pretty obsessively like we have a document for each episode that's happening we have various planning documents down to even our initial document that Dodie and Padika and I did that has all of our name brainstorming and back and forth when we weren't, you know, obviously we did some Skype calls in the beginning, but we were also just like, we stuck all the emails and instead of, you know, all of that back and forth, we stuck it in a Google doc. So there's like all that. And then there's a topic document. There's, you know, there's documents about guests or when we were trying to figure out how we would, you know, have more hosts or things like, you know, like, I think Google Docs has been our main repository for everything. And it may not be as, in some ways, as flexible as something, some other tools, but it, it is a, a really great way to organize a group project. And we've, for every multipod I've done, people so often use Google Docs to highlight what people's parts are and how people are coming in and, and, what the timing timeline is and stuff like that. I mean, a lot of that ends up on Google Docs, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, it was one of the first uh, freely available collaborative document programs. Yeah. Um, and actually, speaking of Google products, I mean, Google Calendar, <laughs> like from an organizational perspective, Google Calendar, I use obsessively yeah. in both private and and fandom life. Um, and and I have so many Google calendars, whether and sharing a Google calendar with somebody for organizational methods is amazing. I've used it like when, when I was in NaNoWriMo ML, like we used Google calendar so much because we had so many events going on and so many different things and who was going to show up where, and even down to like what kind of stuff we were doing on the forums when, and also actually I ran a, a Gilmore Girls virtual season like a million years ago now and we used Google Calendar for that like just when things were going to come out timing wise and we don't really need it for all fun because there's not that much happening I mean obviously we just record and then we yeah. post we don't operate on any schedule where we're doing things ahead of time but mm-hmm. if you have a project that's ongoing for a period of time it it's so good mm-hmm. yeah th- and that's one of the weird things like I've never organizationally really been able to organized digitally uh like a to-do list uh it's one of the few things i haven't been able to do but i do uh have a google calendar that i do put um you know i'll invite my husband to events that we're both going to Mm -hmm. um and it 
if you can use it consistently, it's great. But I just, I have my little notebook where I have like my list of chores that have been going back for, you know, yeah. <laughs> who knows how long. Um, uh, and I actually have, like, have on my little notebook some notes about finish this fan fiction. It's like, oh, I don't know when that's happening. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I run this, this thing between digital and paper all the time. And I think, like, I have definitely migrated fully to Google Calendar. It makes me sad because I used to love my calendar, like my physical mm-hmm. calendar. But I've been using Google Calendar so long now. And I think I started because a housemate used it and we had a shared calendar. And I just kind of graduated over. But now it's basically everything's on there and it's on my phone. And, you know, like, it's just it's too easy for me to go back to physical calendar other than that I use one for like a month's view because I don't like the month's view on my phone. I don't feel like it's enough. Yeah. But that's more of a scribbling stuff in kind of calendar than a real one. But to do list, I have them in like eight different places. Like I use Wonderlist and I try to keep it all on there, but I'm forever making physical lists and then transferring them over, you know. I put some of this bullet journal and I try and so far I think I might not buy another calendar next year. Maybe a little um overview of the year. But um I could put that out. I'm so interested in bullet journaling, journaling. Like I look at it online and I love the idea of it, but I wonder if I'm too tied to all the electronic stuff I do to go back. Like I feel like 10 years ago, I would definitely have been doing it. I mean, mine isn't pretty like the ones online. I'm more likely. I'm writing things down. Yeah. But for example, my notes for this uh, podcast episode are all the muscles. Yeah, whereas I was, like, typing stuff into the document, you, we were talking about the talkbacks, and I was like, oh, I need to get this in here, even though we were literally talking about it in the moment, and there was no reason <laughs> that it needed to be in the document. <laughs> like, we don't need to preserve a copy of what you but, said about the talkback, and I don't know, because the copy talk. is us talking, but, you know. Yeah, it's just my inclination always to, to type everything up. Yeah, my own it's a swift thing to do digitally now. So it's all going to depend on like, what is the barrier to entry? How long does it take? And when can you get rid of a physical object and everything is on your phone eventually? Cause that's kind of like, yeah. we're, we're very nearly there. And I mean, did, when you started to listen to Podfix, where did you have like a separate phone and like, uh, yeah, MP3 I device? My, I, I, I pod, it was, yeah. And it was so nice to have like the one device now. Mm-hmm. It's true. And I mean, this is why as much as I love the I love physical books, they smell nice argument. I am bonded forever to my Kindle because you can carry so much with you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm never not going to be glad that I don't have to take another book when I'm almost, you know, that old thing where like you're only three chapters from the end of the book. So you're like, oh, shoot, I'm your choice I need to is, take two books. <laughs> is to take two books. So you have another one to start. Or to leave the book that you're almost done with at home, which is basically horrible, and bring a new one out so that you don't have to carry two books. So like, or or just bring the one book and then run out of things to do. That's unacceptable, right? Like, yeah. So so like that's that's Sophie's choice there, people. (laughs) Kindle, you don't have to make that choice. Um, Well, I feel. I mean. I don't know how much we've helped you guys with like actual <laughs> podfic organization, but we've certainly discussed our the organization of our lives in general. Yeah. I mean, for organization, I just wanted to uh, add another tool. Uh, yeah. For example, Google Doodle. Which yeah. Is very uh, helpful. 
asked, okay, you want to organize a bunch of people, and uh, you want, okay, who can, at which time. True. And that's basically where people can simply click on the time zone. And I think it can work for your time zone. I'm not sure whether it does that automatically, but it does have a function that um, time and date. Um, I think it's probably dot com. I use the dot one where you can set the event and your time zone, and then everyone can see it in their time um, yeah, I mean, we use that. You used it just the other yes. day to to decide on the time for us recording this. Anything else we can recommend that's a good tool for some level of organization? Yes, uh, RSS feeds. Uh, and most especially um, if you're following the Dreamwidth, or you know, it's less, it's used less, but the Live Journal account for Amplificathon. You can okay. get a RSS feed, and um, I actually use something called Blog Trotter, uh, which is a website where you can collect all your RSS feeds, and they will email them to you. So each time somebody posts a new podfic, I get an email uh, that is you know sent through the RSS feed, and it's like, oh, okay, so there's there's a new podfic, and then I, I'm not missing things. And you can also get RSS feeds for uh, the archive of our own for, um, you know, if you set up a filter, you can set up an RSS feed there. Um, you can, if you have a Tumblr uh, person that you follow and you want to see all of their posts or all of their posts with just a certain tag, you can get an RSS feed for that. Um, and so this is basically how I make sure that I don't lose track and, and don't miss things. And since it's going to my email, I can also, uh, because there's a lot of RSS readers that as you're reading through, if you see something and you want to keep it, you then have to go and mark it as unread and go to it later. But with my email, I, I actually can go through it. And as I'm going through, I'm use, you know using hotkeys to archive things. And if it's something that I want to address later, uh, I'll just, okay, go past it. So like, Normally, for me, with organizing podfix, I'll I'll wait uh, a week or two normally, and then I'll go through and collect everything, and it'll take a couple hours of TV watching, maybe. Yeah, that's interesting. It's not anything. I mean, it's something I'm aware of that it exists vaguely, but it's not something I've set up or used. Mm -hmm. um, the other the other site I think is really cool, um, and you can there are lots of podfix applications. Is um, if if then, or is it if this then that? If it's if this then that, yeah. Yeah. That's, it basically create it's like creating a macro almost. Mm -hmm. Um, if you want to say every time this kind of email comes in, I want it to do this, or every time every time this site updates in this way, then I want it to be sent to my Evernote or sent to my email or whatever. Like you can basically create a pattern for some kind of event online, and and it will then do it. Yeah, it's it's really cool and it's very malleable, and, um, and they have examples on the site of like ways you can use it. But you, I, it's something I feel like I should use more for organizational stuff because the best thing about it is if you wanted, you know, certain things to happen with your podfic or to happen with other people's podfic, you could set up a pattern and it could then do it. So then you wouldn't have to be the one going in and and doing whatever it is, the download or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. 
And definitely, if you're using email for life organization, you need to set up your filters um, so that, like, uh, if it's something, hey, if it's any email that addresses oral phonic, it gets a tag for oral phonic. So then I can just mm -hmm. say, hey, I want to see everything that's in my inbox about oral phonic. Or oh I gosh, have. I love my, my Gmail tags. Yes. I'm so obsessed with them. Yeah. I will I will go through every every few months and be like, what doesn't have a tag? <laughs> and then I will fix it. And if I don't want to make a tag, it gets deleted. It's done. I I have <laughs> I do panels at cons occasionally, and I have had the thought of doing a panel on how to fangirl more efficiently. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are so many things that I could do that I don't. Okay. Any last thoughts? Anything we think we've missed out on here? Um, the, the only other last thing I thought about organization-wise is what you do for yourself bookmarking wise with stuff that you're listening to like do you because I think for me this is one of the things that kind of helps I'm not that great at feedback let's be honest but it is one of the things that does help with feedback or at the very least with recommending things on this show which I think counts as feedback um which is to say that like I have a bunch of I have private pinboard links and I also have my bookmarks on you know chrome or whatever that are like Podfix I've liked or listened to or whatever, all separated out, which Pinboard is great for, obviously, because you can tag everything and it used to be um delicious or whatever, you know, before they crashed and burned. Um, but also bookmarks of Podfix you might want to do, Podfix you've done before, Podfix you have permission for, Podfix with blank, you know, like I kind of separate out that stuff. And then also Podfix that you liked and want to go back and recommend or comment on, which I think is my folder for that is huge. And every so often I'm like, okay, and I go and do a few, you know, but there's too many. Fleur, you use Pinboard as well? Uh, I have a Pinboard. Um, I do use it not so consistent. I was, I was, I'm not sure what, but I was more consistent. I think I was more consistent on delicious because I looked for more bookmarks on delicious uh -huh. from other people. Yeah. You can do that on Pinboard, but because you had to, I mean, it's not like it was a lot of money, but you had to pay it for, you know, you have to oh, pay up front at the beginning for Pinboard, which means yeah. what I used to do for Delicious, which is I had one for Fanami stuff and one for non, isn't, doesn't feel as reachable because I don't want to pay twice. The best way I tend to use Pinboard to find other fic or podfic is if I know someone just to go directly to their Pinboard. And obviously we use it for oral phonic, like everything Everything that we discuss, we try and do a series of links per episode, and you can go to our pin board always and see those. Um, so if you're going directly to a person, you might still have that issue of, of if they're using it for split purposes, but at least you you focus it down. But I find it a harder place to kind of browse, I guess. And I really miss like rec list and things like that, which exist, you know, a little bit, but aren't as 
Uh, it's just, it's, it's the whole, it's like the old, like, oh, the journal days, you know, when, yeah. when people did all that kind of stuff. It is, it is a thing that I, I miss from that era. Um, and obviously we do Rex at the bottom of this, but we only do, you know, five or six per episode or whatever. Like it's, and it's once a month. It's not exactly the volume of a proper Rex list. I mean, I guess I, I should be fair and say people do Rex list on Tumblr. I just, I'm old and find it harder to, like they go by fast and you can't look at the yeah. whole thing. You know, like a lot of people do like just one rec per entry or whatever. So you have to like scroll back through the Tumblr and it's um harder to yeah. figure yeah. out. <laughs> I suppose speaking of recs, we should probably do ours if we feel like we've yeah. covered. Yeah. This episode, I'm going to be wrecking two more uh, My Little Pony Podfix because I know that doesn't come up very much with most everyone else. Um, so the first one I'm actually going to recommend, uh, it's a little series called Letters from an Irritated Princess. Uh, it's written by a Tired Old Man, and it's read by Historical Equestria. Um, and it, so this is a series, and actually there's like a, a new episode of it just today. And it's it's your, like, one of the things that happens quite a lot is reimaginings of the series uh, you know, episode by episode. And this one is basically just uh, reimagining from the point of view of Celestia. And Celestia is kind of just like done with everything. She's just, she's, everybody's acting like a fool and she has a lot of work to do and she doesn't want to deal with it. And so she's just sending these very snarky letters around and it's, it's quite entertaining. Um, and the, the delivery is spot on. Um, and uh, another, and the other one that I actually just listened to yesterday, it's called "Still a Better Love Story Than Twilight." Um, it's written and, and mainly narrated by uh, Scribbler Productions, or written by Obob Scribbler is her uh, writing name, um, who is one of the people I referenced for having a very mm, successful yeah, yeah Patreon. Uh, and this is just. It's actually, and I've seen a couple Podfic-like stories like this recently. It is, it's more of a meta story. It's talking about all the different uh, narrators, and you know, everybody has like their narrator name, just like we have all our, you know, reader names. And it's just all of them interacting, and in this situation where basically somebody is writing a story that's shipping them all together. So these real life people being shipped together. Um, but the really nice thing about this story is even though, so the main narrator I said is Scribbler Productions, but each reader is actually read by that reader themselves. So it's a very big cast. And uh, I think the highlight of it is whenever uh, Ilya Leonov shows up, who I had on the My Little Pony episode, he's the guy with the, very deep, uh, like, beautiful, deep voice. And every time he talks, they have a note of, like he said, his voice like chocolate sprinkled with, uh, with gold dust. And it's just like, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks he has, like, the most, the most alluring voice ever. Um, so, so, and it was very cute just to see and hear all of these readers. Um, and yeah. Cool. Uh, Flora, what have you got? Yeah, I got two right as well. And, um, my favorite from the little 
smaller fandom um, in general, at least for fantasy. Um, the first one is Right Side of Rock Bottom, written by Ellie Hayes today and read by Dragon Bombay. And I don't know. I, I just think it's a huge, huge hot baguette from for me before I could that story basically plays pretty much directly off of the third book and is a look into Andrew's and Neil's relationship after this what sort of canon story. Kind of quiet, but still full of emotion. But it was still a lot of emotion and we could we could hear it, you could feel it and we could you knew who was talking. And I was listening to it while cooking, and then it was over, and I was kind of distraught because I couldn't squeeze at them <laughs> immediately because it was a really unfortunate point in cooking. And I was like, okay, okay, when can I squeeze? Oh my god. So I really love that. The second topic I'm going to read is Disagree by Thompson. Written by White and read by Labyrinth. It's a little bit of London topic. Mm. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you love Rivers of London, then drop and you love and you read fanfiction. You probably know Six Light because they're amazing. Yeah. They're amazing. And this is where content is uh, a youth where Grant and Thomas Nightingale didn't actually meet in that event that was mentioned that it, that happened in the first book. Mm-hmm. But all of the stuff still happened, it's just they didn't meet, obviously, so things developed differently. Peter is still in the Metropolitan Police Service, and now 15 years later, he's um, a newly commander for community engagement. And I listened to it. Almost six hours. I listened to it in one go. Wow. Yeah. I basically put stop listening to it. And Lazarus has done great and I just I also I just love their voice. Very engaging, very well read and a great concept. Very cool. Um, okay, what do I have? I have two as well. Um, the first one is Pretty much in my my general line, which is uh, Teen Wolf, Derek and Styles fic called "I Love You a Latte." Um, <laughs> it's written by Califer Fick and it's read by R.S. Crichton, and it is oh, you know, you could probably fill in the blanks. Um, anyone who's <laughs> listening, it is like coffee shop <laughs> AU. It's a fake dating um, one. It's you know all all the things that I love. It was done for Pod Together this year, um, and it's pretty adorable. Um, R.S. Crichton, she, it's, you know, she's, she's good at like these kind of like warm, fluffy, um, they just make you happy kind of, um, pod fix. Like I just, this is the kind of thing I love to listen to when I, when I, you know, it's Monday morning and I'm on the tube and I'm grumpy and it just sets me up for my day in a nice, lovely mood. Um, it's just long enough for a commute. It's about 45 minutes long. Um, yeah, I just, this this one's great, and she does. You know, it's funny. She does voices, and I find her her Derek voice kind kind of 
a little funny, but also like it make it endears me to him a little bit. I don't know. It's it's funny. Um, so I really, I really like this one. It's it's just like it's all my it ticks all my immediate boxes, and it's just um, it's well written and it's very well read as well. So I would I can easily recommend that. Um, the second one is a little different. Um, I've been doing my million three read of the Vorkosigan books. Mm. Um, and in the midst of that, I, for some reason, I haven't read very much or listened to very much either fic or podfic for them because I'm kind of picky about it. And also because I kind of like who everybody ends up with in those. And I listened to a little bit of Jen and I think I've wrecked Jen on this podcast in the past, but this is actually a Gregor Miles series. And I'm wrecking it, even though I haven't listened to all the podfics yet, because there's an incredible amount. But I just listened to the first couple, and they were so good that I had to mention it. Um, so, that, yeah, so it's Gregor Miles, and it's it's a series of fics. Um, and she hasn't – and uh, they're written by uh, Sahaya and Light Gets In. Um, like, some of them have written each one of them, and then – um, and some of them are co-writes. And then Maria 314 is the reader. And she's done quite a few of them, but not all of them. But she's already done, like, some of these are five or six hours long. Um, one of, this one is, one of them is like 12 hours long or something. So this is an incredible, that's why I haven't listened to it all yet, because it's an incredible amount of podfic here, um, which I'm very excited about. And it's it's quite a long. I haven't even read all the fix yet because I once I realized there was podfic, I was like, oh hey, well that's where I'm going. So um, I don't know if she plans to podfic the rest of the ones that she hasn't done or not. The last one of these got posted in like March or something. Um, but I'm very excited about listening to all these. The voices like um, there's some emotion, there's some really emotional, dramatic stuff in here. Um, they're really dense, interesting fix, which I think matches. Um, you know, matches for if you're a Vorkosigan fan, the, it's how the books are, and they kind of roll along along at pace. And I think the podfix really, um, or at least what I've listened to so far, really keeps up with that and does a really good job of of keeping that of keeping that tension and the right. Like I think Vorkosigan is a really difficult voice, particularly Miles. Not just voice like make a voice, but just like the tone of it, the feel of it is very difficult. And Gregor is is very different from him, so I. Um, I'm impressed with that. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm just super excited about this whole series. There's so much of it still to go. So if you're a Vokasian fan, there you go. Um, yeah, I would 100% uh, also recommend it. I love these. But I just want to say that you never said its name. <gasps> oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I got so excited. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It, uh, the the whole verse is called A Deeper Season. Um, the first the first podfic that she's done is Keeping the Silence. And then A Quiet Fortitude, I listened to those, and I'm in the middle of A Deeper Season, which is, like, the super long one, and it's kind of, I think, the main thrust story. Um, so, yeah, these are awesome. Yeah, and that's all I've got. Okay, thank you for to everyone for listening to Oral Phonic, and we will be back next month. Okay, bye! Bye! bye. bye.